Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other hosts. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Happy Friday, August 7th. It's 2015, right, Emil? Am I correct on that? You've got the year. You nailed it. That's a great start yeah. to a show if you get the year right. Yeah, absolutely. 2015, August 7th. It's, uh, Emil, my favorite show of the year every year, and that is the NFL Preview Show. So for the next hour plus, Emil Calamino and I are going to break down the entire NFL like nobody else's business. We've gotten pretty good at this thing. Not even gotten. We we started off good, and it just hasn't ended. Well, uh, we for you, the first two years we did this, we nailed the champions, right? We got the champion. We, we had Baltimore two years ago. Uh, then, then the subsequent year, we each had Seattle. We do this. We do not discuss our picks before the show. Now, last year, uh, you did well. Yeah, you you stayed on pay, on course. I think you had Seattle in the Super Bowl defeating Denver in a rematch. Uh, unfortunately, Seattle was a handoff away from possibly re- repeating, but that didn't happen, and they were beaten by New England. But at least you were in the ball game last year somehow. And I'm going to admit to this: I had New Orleans winning the Super Bowl against New England. Now I did have New England in the Super Bowl, but mm-hmm. I get a demerit for even considering. New Orleans in that discussion last year. Hey, listen, man, you got 32 teams. The NFL is the great league of parity now, or so they uh, have been described. So it's very difficult to even get one of the teams that are going to be playing in this championship. Um, so it, I got. Well, I do think this. You know, let me let me throw this out at you, just because I, I think you, you probably handicapped this similar to me in this. I think in in football, if the team is built correctly. There is a natural progression. So I don't think there's as much parity near the top, per se, as, as maybe the last three or four slots usually in, in, in these playoffs. And you do get a, a changing over. But I do think as you watch, if you go back and review the last five years, you see the teams that tend to get to the final four, there's this natural progression, usually. Typically, and there's a natural progression on the way down, too, as well. Yes. Uh, something else, some other stuff that you can notice. But there's always uh, a little something that goes on between people that fly under the radar on you and uh, jump out. You know, NFL has had that the last several years. Well, listen, when one of my proudest moments in doing this thing was predicting Carolina to come out of nowhere, and they did. Uh, a couple of years ago. Yes, I remember uh, that. I laughed at you. That for, I made fun of you the whole show. Right. You were right. Yeah, I was clowned a little bit. You know where else I got clowned? Not, you know, obviously you you wouldn't clown me on this, but uh, after we did the show last year, I had a bunch of people coming at me about Dallas uh, because I predicted Dallas to be, you know. Well, a, wait a, a second. No, I, I admit to this. You you got that. I clowned you a little bit on that too, okay, because last year, if you remember, Going into camp, I, I was I was saying to you when I looked at that defense go, coming in, I said, "Geez, man, I know they can score, but but uh, you know the year before, I, if I, you remember, they were horrible." And I said, "I'd be happy, I think, with nine wins." 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. See, this is and this is something I really try to get people to understand. It's very difficult for the fans. Um, but a running game makes your defense better. It just does. Less plays. We've seen that with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's it's you you, you face less plays. You you don't get yourself in such a bad situation. You know, if you take the Seattle Seahawks, you turn them into this willy-nilly pass happy team. That defense isn't going to be as good. I can promise you. I can promise you that right now. You give people enough opportunities to find the weakness in that defense. You start putting them out there. You start wearing guys down. They're not going to be as good. That's just the way. Well, it's and it's, uh, it's everything. It's injuries occur. You have more plays, more chance of injuries. The whole. It's the whole deal. Um, I think in Dallas's case last year, the the running game obviously was a key. And to your, you know, kudos to you for seeing that ahead of probably me and a lot of other people, but. I also think that last year what it did for them defensively was it gave them confidence. You know, when you have a year, a couple of years like they had in terms of lack of talent and execution, it's like anything else in sports. You start to question yourself. And if you have, especially defense, and maybe I'm wrong, you can tell me, but I think that's one thing. If you have guys out there thinking too much during the play, I mean, you got to think pre-snap, what am I doing, what's my assignment. But if you're thinking too much, you, you can't execute. It's kind of like Yogi Berra used to say, you can't think and hit at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, true, very true. Listen, Yogi said a lot of crazy stuff that's very quotable. But the truth of the matter is that when you really sat down and think of a, a lot of the things that he said, very simple things in life, and uh, he's right in that. Um, and, and you are as well. You, you, listen, you do need to do your pre-snap stuff. Uh, but once that ball snapped, you got to be reactive on defense. I mean, you got to, you, you know what I mean? you got to. You can't be sitting there thinking about what I'm supposed to do. It's got to be automatic. And, and I um, guess where I was going with that is, I, while I do want to credit the running game because I'm a big proponent of it, I do think part of what happened in Dallas was they got back to basics. They brought in a guy like Marinelli, a former Marine, a guy who just is, you know, we're going to do some stuff. You're going to beat your guy. You're going to play hard. And if nothing else, while the Cowboys weren't a great defense last year, they were the 19th in the league, it was a great improvement because they were 32nd the year before, and they played hard without a ton of talent at certain, at certain points during the year. And I think they got away from, you know, that stuff that they were trying to do uh, when Ryan was there with just a lot of scheming and, and just things that I, I'm not a big fan of. I, I'm just like, listen, you got to play football hard. you got to know your assignments. And eventually it does come down to assignments and talent, and you've got to have both. And last year they had the assignments more than the talent, but, but they did a good yeah. job. Yeah, so going to be interesting – to uh, see what they can do and how they could build on last year coming up this year. And we will talk about what our ideas are on that along with everything else. So basically, here's here's uh, what we do. We go through each division. We're going to give you first, second, third, fourth in each division. We may or may not mention the uh, record for teams in there. But we're going to go through the division in each conference, and then we're going to lay out the playoff scenarios and uh, go through who we think is going to play in each playoff game and give you the winner for each game and just keep boiling this thing down in each conference as to who the champion is going to be in each conference. And by virtue, we will have uh, the participants in the Super Bowl, and uh, Emil will pick who he believes is going to be the winner of the Super Bowl for 2015, and I will do the same. And uh, that's that's the format here. So um, Let me say this. When I do this, and I don't know how you do it, you know, years ago when I used to try to do this stuff, I, I, I'd start looking at every team's schedule. And as I've evolved and matured a little bit, I, I try to just look at what what they have, what they're doing, and, and get a feel for it. Because here's the problem I have, maybe you don't. But when you start looking at schedules for teams, 
you could pull a schedule out in July or August and start saying, well, they're going to win this game, they'll win this game. But in the NFL, it's really about how it's you're possible playing. Endeavor. It's impossible because it's who's, who, how you're playing at the time, who you're playing at the time, um, what kind of situation you're in health-wise, they're in health-wise. So I think trying, it, it, you're, you're kind of missing the boat, I think, if you try to say, well, Philadelphia's playing Atlanta in week three, God, that's a win. You don't know that. You don't know Philadelphia's quarterback could be hurt, Atlanta's. What you got yeah, to look at. Week is, week to week is motivation. Uh, I yes. I've got to look I, at the whole you, complete body of work, where they're at as an organization, and I really don't most, care what their the schedule most is. The motivated the teams are at each point during the year, at any point during yeah. the year, is when they come off of a divisional loss, especially if they're in the thick of the playoff race, um, they come out and, and have, you know, are – their hair's on fire the next week, so it's hard to really predict. I I I never really go through the schedule. Yeah, like okay, that. well you're you're similar to me then because I I, I stopped doing that because years ago I I'd be with my own team, the Cowboys. I'd take their schedule and go, oh look, this is a loss. They can't win this game, but God, they shouldn't lose this game. And I'd be like so off. I'd be like, man, I follow this team all the time, and you know what? I don't know what game they're gonna win. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, who's I mean, who's who's that good on that? You know, that's right. work in high school where, you know, one team's just clearly better than the other. I mean, something. They, they would have to have, uh, you know, a stomach virus go through. Right, right. Yeah, that's not the deal in the NFL. No. So uh, the talent's spread out, and you never know what the hell's going to really happen from a week-to-week basis. But we can make our generalizations on the entire season, and that's what this show is all about today. But before we get to that, let's talk about, you know, some of the stuff that's out there. There was a presidential debate last night that uh you know according to my timeline a lot of people went in it's funny how people uh you know there's so many different views on the same thing that was watched you know what i mean um the debate was there and 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 what people thought about it basically boils down to um what you what you feel going into the thing well, what I thought like was funny Donald is Trump, uh, we were positive we, about Donald Trump. If you we didn't were, like Trump, uh, it was the worst thing in the world. But so, no, we were talking funny. about it here in the office, and you know, persons Democrat, and they loved, and I did too, Megyn Kelly's questions. And I'm reading some stuff on social media where, you know, she's being attacked most, mostly by Republicans, and then that's how you know she did a good job. I mean, they didn't like the questions. Why? What? Because they were tough questions. I mean, that's right. <laughs> that's the object. I mean, right? You want to yeah, know I mean, about she, these she, people. She went right at them with some of these questions, and even a couple of them, I was like, oh, hey. But that was, didn't you think, I thought the questions were very good. I mean, there was not a lot of softballs in there. I mean, they, they really pressed these guys, at least the parts I saw. I mean, the, when somebody gave a stupid answer, they tried to get an answer from them. I mean, in other words, well, yeah, but you didn't answer the question. I mean, I thought that was good. Yeah, um... What do you think of having 50 people up there? Too many. I mean, here's the problem right now, and, and, and this is going to sort itself out. For people in the, who are listening to this because you don't follow politics, um, you know, a lot of people start tuning in next August. You and I tend to pay a little more attention as it goes along. Uh, you're a year out. What happens is the money dries up. For people who don't understand politics, when you have 17 people in a race, the big donors – are only going to support people they think can win a general election. So eventually what happens real quickly is you thin the herd because the big donors stop giving the money, and nobody wants to spend their own money. Yeah, I, I mean, just off of last night, name me about three casualties, you think, right off rip. I think I thought, I thought Rand Paul had a tough night. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. by and large, you know me, I'm, I'm more – I tend to be more libertarian in my views. Uh, I don't know if it's a great way to govern, but just the way I like to live life is say, you know what, if you're not hurting anybody, you're not breaking 
any really bad laws, you know, just go do what you're going to do. Leave me alone. But he, you know, he's really all over the board. I'm not sure what, you know, you know, if he can govern a country. I mean, some of his ideas are like, hey, let's not be involved in anything. That's kind of a libertarian view, which I don't share. Like I said, I have some core principles that are libertarian, but I thought he had a tough night. I thought when, when he went back at Trump on the one um, where he said to him a, a, something about, uh, a single payer. Trump said, "Did you listen to my response just now?" <laughs> you know, basically, he kind of yeah. schooled him on that. Like, I thought Trump came up. Oh, tr- I thought Trump had. He'll still be in it because for some reason he's resonating with people. I think you and I hit it on the head in our conversations on social media, and that I think a lot of people in the country are just fed up, generally speaking. And he comes at it from like, "I'm not under anybody's thumb. I'm rich. I don't need anybody's money, so I'm not here to, you know." try to make a career out of this. I don't need the, you know, and I think, I think that resonates with people, but sometimes I think his, um, the way he comes off in public hurts him in a place like that. Like, look, when he came back at Megyn Kelly and said, you're not being very nice to me. I've always been nice to you. That can change. I I, I thought that was a little petty, high schoolish, (laughs) you know, I'm convinced this guy doesn't care about, uh, you know, I don't think he wants to lead this country. I really feel like this is a, he's getting all the publicity that he needs to get out of this. And, uh, that's really what he, at the end of the day, wants out of this well, entire. Well, I will say this: I, I'm not a big fan of his as a human being. I, uh, um, I, I don't think he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say this: I think he forced people on both sides of the aisle to take a look at some issues that generally they try to skirt around. And I mm-hmm. think that I think his goal is twofold. I mean, I think he probably, like like most of us, we love our country. I mean, you know, you can disagree with people, but I think most people love their country. I think he would like to see it, you know, be a, be a leader in the world again. So I think he'd like to bring up some issues. And then again, I think he'd also like to improve his brand. So I agree with you. I don't think he has any intention, as much as he says he does, of actually trying to win. I think he likes to stir the pot, get his name out there, and hopefully get these other people talking about things that he thinks are important. I, I do. Right, um, and if, if if he does anything um, positive, it would be in getting politicians to be a little more honest, uh, stop trying to be so politically correct, because that's just gotten crazier and crazier each year. It's like uh, we, we can't even get close to the truth with some of these guys. And I think the part that's resonating is just is is blunt honesty on things. And if he can encourage the other real politicians, and I've got my fingers up here, real politicians to kind of start moving back in that direction, I think he's uh, done a good thing, and he can go ahead and bow out of this race at at uh, at a certain. Let me ask point. you something: If you got on Alligator Alley down there, and you were on the highway, right, and uh, you had to get to a football camp for kids, you were helping kids. And you're driving 85 miles an hour, and a state policeman pulled you over. He'd most likely give you a ticket, right? Uh, I would like to think that that's probably what's going to. Hopefully, that's all that happens. Right. Okay. He might cut your license up at 85, but he's definitely going to give you a ticket. You're going to tell him you're going to help kids, and he's going to say, "That's nice. I like football too. Here's your ticket." And here's where I'm going with this. Trump has said some stuff, you know, and he says it brashly, intentionally. I mean, let's face it, that gets. But you know, let's take the illegal immigrant situation in our country. You know, it's a problem. Now, you know, we start renaming things in this country, undocumented workers. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, <laughs> my point is, if you're breaking a law, you're breaking a law. Your motivation, the reason you did it. There's a lot of people that want to get to this country. I know people 
in my business, my regular business, I deal with people all over the world from Nigeria, uh, places in Africa that came here legally, got lawyers, had to go through, pay money, get, you know, all, go through the whole process, finally became citizens. They they don't like this whole idea that you know you, well somebody from Honduras can just stroll across and you know hey what the hell you're here uh, you want to help your family hey why not stay you know right right uh, yeah I know and then and that's a whole other conversation that. but I'm going yeah. to your point it, people get mad if you have that discussion it's like well you have to say it politically uh, in a political correct manner so Mr. Yeah, Calamino what you're saying is as you said forget all that let me just tell you how this is right okay. Mr. Calamino doesn't like people from Honduras no that's not what I'm saying I don't like people from Sweden that stroll in here uh, <laughs> illegally either and it's not that I don't like them I just want them to come here legally but I, I think Trump's to your point pushing people out there saying you know t- tell me what you really think now personally I don't know what you thought about it on the stage the way I like two guys the way they carried themselves I liked Dr. Carson, I'm not even saying he, he, he'll win. I'm just saying I like the way he carries himself, and I like the guy from Ohio, Kasich, um, just because yeah, he has a regular uh, guy hey, background. Listen, I've seen the criticisms of Carter, and listen, he probably is someone who you know, won't get the nomination and couldn't win this thing. It's just not, uh, he's not going to appeal to the masses. There's, just, there's something missing there for the masses. Dr. But, Carson you're talking about? Yeah, 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 that's you know, you know, it's just not in this day and age what wins an election. That he's very mellow. That's part of his problem. Forget policy. He's he he's not a guy that's he's a thinker. You can just tell that that this is a guy that's a brain surgeon. So, right. He he, he processes very analytical. Very, very analytical. very analytical. Very smart man. Uh, doesn't doesn't play well for what we like in today's day and age. Today's day and age, we like in your face sort of. You know what I find funny about elections, and we'll we'll move on from this. Everyone wants the homegrown problems fixed, but when we're picking a person, we I think we all try to picture what that person's going to be like in negotiations with foreign dictators and. <laughs> you know, we yeah, we want true. Yeah, we want the domestic stuff solved, but if we don't think this person can stand up to you know uh, the 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 next you know madman. We're not electing that person. And you're I think right. That's what it's going to come down to. You're, you're right. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of this great irony. The next, yeah, the next Arab leader that wants to blow the U.S. off the map, if they don't think he can deal with that, then he's not you know, going to be the guy. So it's pretty much the way that that goes. So that's the end of the Rush Limbaugh yes. uh, show today. Um, let's head to a break. When we get back, we'll, we'll get into what it is we're here for, and that is breaking down the National Football League and going through each division and telling you who's going to win and who's not going to win and pick our Super Bowl winner. We'll be doing that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Studs show right after this. Seven season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, Print it on your inkjet print paper and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com. 
you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. to get down to the brass tacks here in the National Football League. You want to go AFC or NFC first? Let's start in the AFC East because before we even predict it, it'll tie into something I just wanted to touch on. because it'll. We, did you get to read those emails, how mundane Tom Brady's life is? It made me feel good. His life is mundane as mine. Well, what do you expect? Uh, no, I, I mean, I that's, it just goes to show you. What was great was his reaction to when his, his uh, manager told him that he needed a new pool cover. And people are surprised because they're like, oh, well, Brady's made over $150 million in his career because his response was, why do we need new cover? There's one on there now. Well, that's the summer right. cover. How much? 9000 Nine grand for an effing cover. And everybody's like, well, he made $150 bucks. It doesn't matter. People still view money the same way. When you grew up normal, most Well, not people, everybody. Not but everybody, most people but it's good to know grew, that he does. Yeah, well, a lot of people do, though. You know, if you don't, if you stay grounded in life, and you you grew up, you came from a normal middle, even upper middle class background where you weren't quote unquote Donald Trump or the Kennedys, you still view it the same way. He doesn't walk around thinking I'm worth two hundred million dollars. I'm sure he doesn't because that, look at his reaction. Nine grand. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me? Uh, and, and look, I find that kind of stuff refreshing. Me too. You got a bunch of money, but look, stupid is stupid. What the hell? Why yeah. does that thing cost that much? So. Uh, good to hear. Points for Brady on that one. Yes, um, yes, that was okay. Right. So let's let's start with the AFC. We'll we'll start with the East. But we'll, we'll, we can go east, north, south, west, the way they show it in the uh, in the newspaper. How's that? Well, good. And it's always good to follow the newspapers these days. Sure. Like, well, while they're still around, you still read a newspaper. <laughs> there you go. Um, why don't we let Why don't I let you shoot first on the AFC East, and then I promise you, when we go to the NFC East, you can have. The last word on that. So okay, the uh, I'm here down here with the local team. You're down here with the local, so you can have the last word. Go. Um, yeah, this division. I hate to be boring, but until proven otherwise, it's still shaping up the same way for me. Even if Brady does serve that four game suspension, I, I, I'm I'm still taking a look at it. I'm trying to find reasons to pick against New England, and I always say pick against them as long as Brady and Belichick are still together at your own peril because. They're still New England. I think they're one of the, one of the best run 
franchises in all of professional sports, across all the sports. Uh, they just do a great job. I, I kind of look at them and say, mm, if I was going to throw a record out, see them 11-5 this year. If, I, I'm going to assume Brady serves a game or two. I'm going to ser- assume a little letdown after the Super Bowl. Maybe they take a few losses they shouldn't. But that's still a quality record, and, and I see them as like an 11-5 team. Now, I know the locals down there you know, want to hear about Miami. And I think Miami's done a lot defensively. But until I see Tannehill show me that he can be, a, you know, a top-flight quarterback, I'm going to throw, you know, put them in that category of eight and eight, nine and seven, second place. I, I think they will be second because their their defensive line should be very, very good this year, and their defense in general should be good, and that should be enough to make them at least a 500, if not a winning team. Um, Buffalo again, another good defensive club. This, by the way, this division is loaded with good defensive clubs. Right. Another team that has a great defensive line, uh, but again, who's playing quarterback? And, and yes, they have talent. I mean, they've got Lashawn McCoy. They've got uh, you know the kid Watkins. They they got. I think I think Robert Woods might be up there if I'm still remembering correctly. I mean, they've got players, but right. if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And until I see that, I, I kind of look at them as one of those teams trying to get to 500, maybe seven and nine, maybe eight and eight, but. Uh, they're going to lose some games they shouldn't lose because they just can't, you know, the, the quarterback play. That's what I think. And finally, I got the Jets. Again, another team that should be very good defensively. Even with Richardson suspended on the line, they've got tons of defensive linemen in that defense. They've got uh, Cromartie and, and Revis. Granted, they're on the back end of their careers, but they can still cover and play. But again, until we see some quarterback play, and that's the theme in this division. The, the team that has the quarterback is the team I'm picking to win the division, obviously. So I've got the Jets probably coming in 6-10, if, if, if and 10, something like that. We're throwing out records. Uh, don't hold me to it. 5-11, and 6-10, something like that. But that, that's how I see the division. Yeah, uh, I see it similarly. Um, you know, scary uh, similarly. Uh, obviously, the Patriots are the ones until until you know that bird lands. I'm saying it's going to fly high, and I'm with you. Belichick and Brady have done this thing for over a decade. There's nothing outside of this issue they've been dealing with for most of the off season to suggest that they're going to uh, do anything other than win this division this year. I'm with you. The four game suspension and this little bit of a distraction will have an effect. I'm not ready to say, oh well, this will be the beginning of the end of this franchise. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see them fall off of that dominance. So I'm not ready to say that, but uh, uh, I I see them here. I think this race will be closer this year uh, than it was last year, uh, and maybe in some previous years. I've got Patriots somewhere around ten and six, and uh, but again, it's gonna be them. They're the pride and joy of uh, the AFC East, and I say it'll continue to be that way. The Dolphins and the Bills, I think, are going to be a fight to the death for the second place in this division. Um, No one wants to get excited about what's at quarterback for Buffalo, nor should they. Uh, But somehow, some way, what's Rex Ryan? He comes in, and immediately he's good. You know, that's just been his M.O. He comes in, and uh, things happen rather quickly, and then the descent starts. So I see that continuing there. They're going to come in. They're going to play great defense. They're going to find a way to win ball games. They'll win some games off of pure emotion. And I think they're a team that's uh, going to be in the thick of it with Miami. So I see perhaps both of them uh, somewhere around 9-7. And, seven and uh, one, you know, their matchups within this division are going to be very, very critical. So I'm going to go ahead and call Miami second, Buffalo third in this, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them both have a similar record uh, somewhere around 9-7. to seven. And then the Jets are a train wreck. 
they are going to have good. They are going to play good defense. They have reunited Cromartie and Revis out there on the on the edges for them. Uh, but that defense is going to be under pressure all year long because they just don't have their act together offensively. Um, they don't have the weapons. They don't have a a ground game they can rely on. They went to run and pop Warner offenses at certain times last year, and uh, you know I I don't know that they're going to be able to clean all that up in in the fast. Uh, at least fast enough for New York Jet fans. So I'm with you, six and ten down there at the bottom of this division, and so that's how I see. It. Let's. I feel bad, by the way, for your guy down there, Geno Smith from down your way, because I think that, nothing, man. Yeah, I think that this was probably the worst situation a kid like him could have got thrown into. You know, when you sit there on draft day and you're waiting and you didn't go when you thought you were going to go in the draft, a lot of times that thing works out because, you you know, you get to the bottom of the draft and you're picked up by a team and a franchise that has their act together. That didn't happen for him because he flipped no. over in the second round and got picked up by these clowns, and who knows if they'll ever get it together while he's there. So I do indeed feel bad. He had better receivers in high school down here at Miramar. Oh, I don't doubt it, man. He did, man. He had a I mean, they did give him Brandon Marshall this year, but again, I think Marshall might be a guy who's who's getting he seems to um, you know, maybe that could have just been playing with Cutler. I hope I'm wrong cuz he was on our show once and uh you know, I liked him. I hope I hope he resurrects the career there and you know, be, goes back to being the player he was, but you know, it yeah, last year he didn't show that. So, if, uh, you know, maybe no, he'll it was still... difficult to it was difficult to do that and you just hope he isn't beaten down mentally by what he's had to go through in the last three, four years of his career. Hopefully he can come and be that guy. God, it'd be great for Gino if he could uh, be that beast. So we'll we'll have to see what happens there. But for, for, for Gino, man, like I said, he, he had a pretty good crew there in high school. Matter of fact, one of them, Stedman Bailey, is playing in the league for the St. Louis Rams. So yes. he'd take Stedman. He'd reunite with Stedman in, in a minute. All right, let's move over to the AFC North. Uh, this is a very, very interesting division for me. Um, uh, this might be, honestly, for my money, and I, you know, I mean, last year it was the NFC West, but I, this might be the best division in football. It very well could be, uh, and I think you're going to, you know, probably agree with me after I lay this whole thing out. And every year there's a division that comes up that I predict where I get a, you know, where I'm going to take some heat, and I'll probably take some heat here. And I don't care, Emil. I've got at the top of this division the Baltimore Ravens. I see the Ravens being the 12 and 4 football team this year. Um, you know, I put out the top quarterbacks uh, in my opinion. Uh, I think it was last week or earlier this week and people had a problem with it and I pointed out some very interesting things about Joe Flacco that people didn't know and one of them being that in the postseason he's 25 and 10, 25 TDs to 10 interceptions. Uh, say what you want, the goofy look on his face, some of the decisions maybe he makes in the regular season, but when it comes to postseason and it's time to win, the guy showed up, and he's done a whole lot of winning on the road. Nevertheless, I think the Ravens uh, needed to get by that whole Ray Rice thing last year. I like the way they played in some of their losses last year, actually. Mm -hmm. And from what I saw, when you play like that in some of those losses, those things start turning into wins the next year. So uh, I'm on the Ravens train this year. Uh, I don't think I don't expect a whole lot of people to be, but uh, I see them winning this division. Oh, I think you're season. underestimating the Ravens. I think people are a lot higher on them than you think. Good, really. Uh, co come along with me on that. I see them winning this division. Next, I see the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are not what they used to be defensively, but they've made up for it on the offensive side of the ball. They're, the Steelers are a team I've really watched a lot on on film. 
this offseason of what they did in 2014, and you can't help but be impressed with the weaponry that Ben Roethlisberger has. Le'Veon Bell, uh, whether he's carrying the football or coming out of the backfield, is a serious, serious problem, and that's not the only weapon that he has on third downs. Um, you know, you've got Heath Miller who can turn around and catch a five-yard pass. Uh, you've got Antonio Brown doing his thing. So mm-hmm. I really like what the Pittsburgh Steelers have going, especially on offense. Uh, it'd be nice to see them uh, play, you know, get back to where they were defensively, but they're not there. I think they have a good balance of, of both, and uh, I could see the Steelers at an 11-5. and five. I think the team in this division is going to take a step back are the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you and I talked about it when we were talking about quarterbacks the other day. Andy Dalton, pedestrian numbers, man. And, uh, you know, it's just – has had a hard time becoming that guy that the Bengals need, and I think they had their opportunity. I think that door might start closing on them a little bit, and it's getting tougher and tougher, especially with the Ravens and Steelers getting their act together again in this, in this division. I think it's going to be tough for the Bengals. I see them falling back to an 8-8 eight and eight team this year and probably missing the playoffs. And Cleveland is going to be Cleveland. Uh, they've owned the bottom of this division. I don't think they're ready to give it up to anyone. <laughs> And uh, perhaps they're a little bit more improved this year. Uh, so I can see them around the 6-10, and 10, but they're still going to be at the bottom of the barrel in this thing, and, and, and no one's going to get me to believe that they can sneak up on any of these three teams, the other three, three teams in this division. So that's how I see it. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Okay. Um, we see it similarly. First of all, before we go any further, just so you know, not for what it's worth, because, you know, I, I crucify ESPN here, but ESPN had their post-draft power rankings going into the season now. This is what they're starting off with week one. They have your Ravens at number seven. They have Seattle, New England, Green Bay, Denver, Indianapolis, Dallas, Baltimore, Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. Three of the ten teams in their power rankings to start the season are from this division. So, anyway, for are what that's trying, worth. Are you trying to scare me about my predictions? Is that, is, is that no, I'm saying on? that I think other people see in the Ravens what you, what you see in them. Um, here's my take on this division. I, I went back and forth. I think this is very competitive between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. My take on the NFL these days are 20 years ago, we would have teams that were we would call them complete football teams. They were dominant offensively, defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Any more to be great in this league, I think you need to be great on one side of the ball and good, or even average on uh, you know specials and defense, but good, okay? Mm-hmm. I think the difference between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and the reason I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to win the division is, I think there's three or four what I'll call elite, complete offenses in this league. P- Pittsburgh being one of them, mm-hmm. the Cowboys being another, the Packers being another. Teams that can, can beat you up and run the ball if they want to, they can throw it, they have elite receivers, elite quarterback. Everything. Now you're going to say, why not New England? Because New England can run in spurts, but they do a lot of it. Brady, Brady's the man. I mean, I, I, these other teams I think are more complete. I like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh has a great offense. I think their defense will be just good enough. Middle of the pack, maybe a little better. They've got some, they injected some youth with the, uh, Bud Dupree from Kentucky in the first round. Uh, last year they had the kid from down Eurasia's ear, right, in the, in the first round. I think that'll give the Steelers just enough defense to sneak by Baltimore and win the division. I'm kind of just flipping them. I see Pittsburgh as more of the 12-4 and four type team and Baltimore coming in 11-5. and five. So we kind of see it the same way, just slightly different. I think Cincinnati's going to take a step back. Um, I think they're very strong up front. We've talked about that in other shows, their offensive line. But Andy Dalton just doesn't do it for me. I mean, they've got an elite receiver. They've got an elite offensive line. And yet they have Andy Dalton throwing picks like they're going out of style 
yeah. and uh, I just think that's the weight of his his poor play is going to help. They're to, too good at those positions for him to be playing that way. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah, they just have they, they, you, you're wasting talent right there. Yeah, I mean, if you have AJ Green and you have an offensive line that I think their offensive line is right up there with Dallas as, as one of the two best in the league. I mean, either way, I like both those lines, and I just think for that kind of talent, they should be a lot more consistent offensively. And I think that weight is going to start to weigh on the defense. I think they'll break down this year, and I see them kind of regressing back to like a 500 level. Uh, you know, just where they're just you know too much too much competition in this division, right? To, to win it with a guy like Dalton and the way he plays, and then like you said, Cleveland's Cleveland. Yes, could they be incrementally better? Uh, they again, there's another team with a, a good offensive line, maybe not as good as the two I mentioned, but it's solid. I mean, they've got r- a really good line. They should be better than they are, but what don't they have? We talk about it all the time. They don't have a quarterback. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a chance to win. So I see them being you know six and ten, five and eleven. All right. Well, so far we're you know eye to eye. So you know pretty close. Yeah, uh, yeah. these divisions. So let's slide to the AFC South, uh, where I don't think you and I are going to be on the same page. I'll be damn surprised if we are. But I'll let you uh, have first crack at the AFC South. Well, I mean, here's 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 my take on this division. I wanted to think of a reason to try to pick Houston to win the division because, frankly, I think they have a really good coach down there. Okay, I really like O'Brien. I forget what they were last year. Were they nine and seven or were they eight and eight? I don't. I don't have the standings in front of me, but um, I want to say eight and eight. Yeah, they were eight and eight with what out. they were eight and eight with what you know amounted to a first year head coach who was playing without much of a quarterback or anything else last year. And uh, you know that's that's impressive if you consider for folks who forgot they were nine and seven. By the way, they were nine and seven with a plus sixty five point differential playing with a first-year head coach, not much of a quarterback coming off, I think, a one- or two-win season, two wins the year before. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to think of reasons. Here's the difference. I just I don't know if they've improved enough at quarterback to overtake everyone's popular choice, which is Indianapolis. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not as high in Indianapolis as a lot of people are. Uh, I, I think, you know, y- your friends from down at uh, the U – are on the back end of their careers. They were excellent players, right. but I'm not sure Andre Johnson is that much of a difference maker right now. I mean, the ball's still going to go to Hilton primarily, and Frank Gore has had a lot of carries in this league and played at a very high level, but he's on the wrong side of 30, and we've talked about what happens to running backs. Besides that, the Colts are not very physical up front, something he's used to in San Francisco, so he's not going to get the type of blocking from his offensive line that he's used to because they're just not very good up front. And Luck throws a lot of picks, but I still think they'll have enough to win this division. But I see them being like a ten and six team, not the, you know, not the whole thirteen and whatever record that everybody's predicting for them winning Super Bowls. I see them ten and six. I see Houston pretty much doing the exact same thing as last year, coming in maybe a game behind again at nine and seven. But I think that's going to be a very competitive race which most people don't expect. And then I have the two teams that I'm not sure why they're in the NFL, Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, I'll put Tennessee third and say that they're, you know, they figure out a way to win six games. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville wins five, but you could flip those two as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, um, no one's expecting huge things out of the Jaguars. And, you know, I would have had to have, you know, have you checked for fever had you thought of anything else. All right, well, this is... <laughs> 
This is where we have a parting of the ways. Listen, I like all the things that you said about Houston. I like them more than you do. I think Houston takes over this division this year. I think they jump out and uh, finally snatch it back away from Indianapolis, who has feasted on the sorriness of the other three teams. Um, Houston had fallen back and run into some hard times. The Jaguars and Tennessee have been absolutely abysmal, and the Colts have absolutely feasted on that. Again, I want to reference back to when I was talking about the quarterback rankings, and one of the reasons why I wasn't ready to put Andrew Luck in that top five was because of that reason, that he's piled up a lot of numbers and feasted on, you know, a sorry division. And I want to say last year they went, uh, they were undefeated against the other guys in their division. So that was six wins for them right there. And I think with Houston upping their game, it's going to be a little bit of a different story for them. Still need the Colts to play uh, better defense. And I think that's where Houston's going to, you know, have them here. I like Brian Hoare at at Cleveland. I thought he was a, a, a pretty good quarterback. Let and, me say uh, this to interrupt you when you're on the subject. I think a lot of people will throw out the fact that, oh, well, Indy got to the AFC Championship game last year. But in the playoffs, sometimes goofy things happen. They pulled, you know, I think they beat Cincinnati in the first round. And we, we, we've talked about Cincinnati. They're, you know, they're nothing to write home about. They, they got a great draw there. And, you know, they had a good game against Denver, no doubt. But Peyton Manning, we found out, was hurt after the fact. doesn't mean they didn't win fair and square, but... I, th- I think some things broke for Indy. I just don't like the mindset of the Indianapolis Colts. I don't. They're a soft team, and if you look at the games they played, we talked about it. The, yeah, it's flag last football, Emil. Uh, it's flag football. Look at their games. They played New England twice. They lost by 22 and by by 38. They played they got the absolutely Steelers. crushed. Cowboys the Steelers beat them 51-34. Yeah, yeah, and you're not. I, I don't. I don't like that for your future. So unless they really, really address that, and in the off season, all the talk was about the guys that you mentioned, Frank Gore and Andre Johnson, guys who are, are role players now at this point in their career. Um, I don't know that they really addressed the mindset and the, and the physicality on that side of the ball. And I'm telling you that Houston's coming for you. All right, uh, when you talk about a role player, Houston picked up Vince Wolfert. Is he the guy that he was? No, but he's a guy that could fill a need there. And when you pe- when you put around him J.J. Watt and Brian Cushing and hopefully a, a healthy and ready to dominate Jadavion Clowney, you got something on that side of the ball. And I really like what they've been able to put together on the defense. And then you know on the offensive side of the ball, like I said, I like Hoyer. Uh, Arian Foster's hurt, and that, you know, listen, they've had to deal with that throughout his entire career there. I think they'll get enough out of that running game. And DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that I think people really need to start paying some attention to. So I think they'll be able to do enough offensively. I've got Houston winning this division. I like them at uh, 11 and 5 somewhere around there to to win this. I see the Colts coming in after that. Defense is going to start costing them some games, and you know teams start to catch up with what uh, the Colts are doing offensively. Uh, I think it's going to be a little tougher sledding for Andrew Luck, and they are going to have to find a running game, and they are going to have to get a little bit. Uh, better defensively and a little more physical uh, on that side of the ball, or things are going to start going the other way. And he can't keep throwing 600 times uh, a year. It's just not no. a winning formula. 606 for, last for last year, to be exact. And you know, we, we've talked he's about this. over 600 times every year he's been in this league. So that's not. That's well, not you may disagree with me on this, but I think that the running backs like Adrian Peterson's and Marshawn Lynch's are few and far between. So I think what really running the football in the NFL comes down to two things. Obviously, you need holes, so you need an offensive line that's good at run blocking. But then it's a mindset within the organization. And I just don't think 
the Colts, no matter who. I mean, you could give them Adrian Peterson, and I don't think that would be the mindset there, and I don't think they have the line to block for Adrian Peterson. So at the end of the day, right. it's not what they want to do. No, it's uh, not yeah, what they want to you know, do. not what they want to do. They want to throw the ball around. They want to feature their quarterback that they drafted. They want him to pile up numbers, and sometimes organizations can get into trouble doing that, and I think that's where the Colts are. So far as the other two guys in this division, uh, no surprises there. Tennessee will finish ahead of Jacksonville, but it won't be anything pretty. Tennessee, a 5-11 and football team. Thank God Marcus Mariota went there. Uh, I wouldn't really know anyone on this squad. So, You and me both. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank God for that, although I do like Mettenberger. Uh, I, think, I don't think he's someone that should be just uh, shooed away. And, uh, you know, Marietta might have a, a little bit of a difficult time getting that away from him. But the rest of this roster is just like, who the hell are you guys? So until they fix and do something with that, uh, the Tennessee Titans are going to be uh, just a team in the league. And the Jaguars are the Jaguars, not ready to uh, do anything. The brightest thing is Blake Bortles, but – uh, if they don't get him something and get this guy some help, it would just be another one of those stories in the league. So they'll finish at the bottom. I've got him somewhere around 4-12, and 12, and that's how I see that division. Moving over to the AFC West before we go and take a, a break here. Uh, this, i got some surprises here. I'm going to go first in this, in this division. Hey, listen, I don't know. I know he coached against your, one of your nemesis in the, in the uh, NFC East when he was there, but uh, I think Andy Reid's a damn good football coach. He's going to continue to show that, and he will here this year because I like the Chiefs to win this division. I like what they do. You know, I've, I'm, I'm a guy that likes Alex Smith. He's not sexy. People want to see someone like an Aaron Rodgers. They think every quarterback's supposed to be like that and throw the ball all over the yard. I think he does a good job of protecting and managing games and allowing the other parts of the of the, the, the Kansas City team that are need to be dynamic to, to do so. He doesn't do stuff to hurt his squad. I like uh, what they've got going there. They're playing good on defense and uh, I like the Chiefs to win this division. I have them winning it at 10-6. and six. I think this is the year we start to see the decline for the Denver Broncos. And if this is not Peyton Manning's last year, it sets it up for the next year to be the end. They had that great first year when he was there. Uh, they went all the way to the Super Bowl, didn't win it next year. They fell a, sh- a step shorter. This year they fall uh, a step or two even shorter. And I don't, I don't know that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. I see them. Uh, falling around at a 9-7. and seven. I don't know how people feel about that, but that's the way that I'm seeing it. And I think there's a battle for third and fourth there. I don't know that the Chargers are ready to get back to where they were. I think Oakland gets a little better this year. I like some of the things they did last year. I didn't particularly care for the two guys opening up the club. <laughs> <laughs> opening up, opening up the nightclub after they stacked the guy. It just spoke that was a little the greatest. bit about. <laughs> that was the highlight of stupid plays last season. That was great. Oh, it was, it was the best. And just seeing someone like a Justin Tuck who's played in a Super Bowl have to run over there and literally take them two guys and smash their heads together and say, hey, guys, we're playing football here, you two morons. Uh, it just kind of speaks to you know the mindset of that organization. Hopefully, Jack Del Rio can change some of that. I think he will. I like the personnel that they have there. Like what they have at the running back spot, I think the quarterback car is gonna um, can be a winner in this league, and hopefully they keep moving in that direction. Obviously, I like the pickup of Amari Cooper in the draft. I think they're moving along. It's not gonna be fast uh, for some of the face painting Raider fans, but I think they're moving in that general direction. So I see them bumping up at least close enough to be 
battling for third and fourth with San Diego, who I think right now just has a personnel problem. So uh, Kansas, uh, uh, Oakland and uh, San Diego flopping around at 6 and 10, and that's how I see this thing folding. How do you wow. Think? Well, this will be quick because you and I, I mean, like I said, folks, we we swear, I swear on my children don't we don't talk about this. Don't you have the Chiefs winning this division. I have the Chiefs winning this division. I sat there. I looked at this division. I looked at Denver. I say, you know, yeah, do I believe Peyton Manning might have been hurt? Sure. But 40-year-old guys get hurt a lot. That's what happens when you hit 40. Um, right. So, you know, at some point, we all start to decline in sports. Uh, the great ones like Jeter, they all go you know, they all go through it. Some know when to leave, some don't. I think Peyton may be staying a little too long. I have Kansas City winning this division as well. I like their defense. I like uh, Houston gets to the quarterback along with uh, Tamba Ali. I, I just like what they do. And, again, I listen, I have the utmost respect for Reed. I mean, he did a great job. If you remember the State of the Eagles franchise when he took over and what he left them with, so. Um, right. Exactly. I am definitely going to go KC. Uh, probably like you said, eleven and five, maybe ten and six. Denver. Uh, I think they're going to sneak in the playoffs, but I have them just like you. You know, probably a nine and seven club. Uh, you know, in the slow decline to where they're headed when Peyton Manning leaves, which is being a poor team uh, because mm-hmm. they have a very old roster. If you look at that mm-hmm. team, generally speaking, they've got a lot of age. I'm going to leave San Diego third only because I think Rivers is an underrated quarterback. I like Melvin Gordon, so I figure they can hang on and maybe eke out a 500 record. And I agree with you. I think Oakland's headed in the right direction. Hopefully they can continue to head in that direction for for their fans. Uh, We need the Raiders to be good in this league. I think it's better for the league. Um, I'm going to give them six wins this year, but a a very competitive 6-10, and let's call it that. Good. Well, amazingly, we do see this thing uh, pretty much the same way. I didn't think that would happen here. So there you go. You know. Yeah. Again, well, both- even the southern, even the two divisions, we didn't totally agree on. I mean, w- verbally, we kind of see it going the same way. I just think the Colts have enough to hold off the Texans because of the quarterback position. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won that division. So. And again, absolutely amazing considering we do no talking at all about this before. We're, like we're forbidden almost to even talk about what each one of us thinks before we have this show. And I kind of like it that way. And look look at what we end up with. All right, we need to go to a break. But before we do so, uh, he's been holding for quite some time. Let's see if he could join us here. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What up, man? Hey, what's, hey you got to call with some energy, man. What the hell? Hey, yeah, you're, you're this is less. Yeah, like, do we need to throw some firecrackers at your feet? What's going on, man? You're there, Mr. Johnson. All right, you know what? I'm going to throw him back on hold. You know, he probably doesn't want to come on until we talk about the Detroit Lions anyway. All right, we're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's NFC time. Who's winning the divisions? And we need to start talking about some playoffs. We'll do that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? 
The Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your head. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Stud Show NFL Preview Time 2015. We just ran through the AFC, and uh, Eamon and I are pretty similar on most of the way that we see the AFC. Let's see if that is the case in the NFC, where we start off with the NFC East, and that's a land of uh, my co-host's favorite team, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Isn't that right? You know how you know I do this every year too, because it, 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 Chad's been a, well. You're not a fan of an NFL team anymore, but you're you're a Miami fan because you went there. I, usually every year I pick against my teams because I don't want to jinx them. Yeah, well, we'll see how you handle. Remember, that. you remember that you always accuse me of that too. You say you're just you're, last year when I didn't pick the Cowboys, you told you accused me of of, of trying not to jinx them. Which, yeah, by the way, handicap, was, trying to handicap yourself against your team and all that good stuff. So. Yes, yes, yes. Go, so go oh, ahead. You know you, what? Before we before we jump into that, let's see if we can get my man back here on the line and see if he uh, perhaps downed the five hour energy while he was waiting. Les, you there? What's going on, baby? What's happening, man? We, we I, I, I didn't. Right. There was someone that called from your number just a minute ago, and when we said hello, it just didn't really sound like you. As is this indeed the real Les right now with yes, with is. energy yes, and vigor for life? Les, right. you're out in Arizona. How are you liking it? 
I love the warm weather, man, and uh, it's a lot of lot of talented kids here. Uh, great atmosphere, so I, I'm enjoying it. You going to get out to LA next month? You told me you might you might you might uh, find me there. We're going. I'm going to that USC game. I, I might do that. I might get a chance to come down there. You know, I've been going down there recently uh, to train Brian Russell's son. Uh, Brandon, he's a basketball player, but you know, this is a great Iron show. So let's talk about football. Yeah, well, cool. there you go, man. What, what's what's on your mind? We're doing our NFL uh, preview show here, as we do every year. We just laid out the AFC. I've got a uh, uh, what's the biggest shock I would say from each one of us out of this? Um, you got I, Houston and, winning the AFC South. I That's got a Houston shocker. winning the AFC South. That's probably the biggest shocker, and um, the, I guess another shocker is that the two of us both agree that uh, the Broncos aren't going to win the NFC, uh, the AFC West. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I heard I heard everything you guys are saying this morning, and you guys are extremely. You know, diligent in the work that you guys do. So, I agree. The Broncos are a little of old, and uh, if they don't do it this year, you know, there's really no opportunities for them to get a chance to to make it to another Super Bowl for Peyton Manning. So, um, hopefully, they'll they'll get better. But I mean, it's still a whole year to see everyone plays well on Sundays. We'll see how it happens. Um, I do like the Houston uh, pick. I like Houston because uh, even though they need a uh, solid quarterback. Uh, I see their defense holding them in a lot of games. So I think they'll do very well with Vince Wilfork there. And uh, I look forward to them doing some good. I like the Dolphins, though. I, uh, do you really? How much do you like them, though? Um, for some reason, I see the Dolphins making the playoffs this year. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm not a – I've always used to be an undercover you know, fan. Tony Nathan back in the day, you know. Uh, and that's going but, uh, way back. I, I, I've always been a big fan of the, uh, the Dolphins. So I think that they'll do well. I like Tony Lippett. You know, I hope he'll come in and he'll do some solid things his rookie year. With, uh, mm-hmm. And Dominican, too, going over there. I think the defense should do well with everyone else they have going. Uh, Cameron. I think it's a, it should be I think team, the, I think the AFC East is a very interesting division last because if you look at the the teams chasing New England on paper they're all um unbalanced if you want to use the word and that they all have very good defenses on paper. I mean, you look at between the Dolphins, Bills and Jets, you probably have three of the best defensive lines in football. I mean, they they've all got a ton of talent on defense and questions at quarterback. Now, I would agree with you. Miami probably has the best answer of, of, of those three other teams as far as the question of quarterback because at least Tannehill's shown something to this point. Correct. But yeah, until he takes that next step, I just can't unseat New England in this division. I mean, I wouldn't unseat New England, but I see, I see them having a better season than, than most people would expect. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I that's what I mean. I mean I, I see the Dolphins getting a chance to make it to to the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be a wild card or not. Um so we'll see what happens. I mean I, I like it. I like several teams but you know, I think the AFC probably has some of the better teams right now in the in the NFL right now. Yeah, and if I don't pick the Dolphins to be in the playoffs, that's going to be a big part of it is that the AFC looks like it's going to be pretty competitive this year. you got a lot of teams that can make a run at the playoffs, and uh, that'll make things difficult for the Dolphins. 
you know, to get in. Hey, you missed our uh, college football preview show. Real quick before I let you go, Aaron, because we got to get back into our predictions. What are your thoughts on the two teams from uh, your home state, Michigan and Michigan State? How, first of all, do you see Michigan making any dramatic turnarounds record-wise in Harbaugh's first year? And then uh, what do you think is going to continue to go on there with Michigan State? Can they, can they, can they get back into things here? Well, you know, it's hard to answer any call uh, questions about Michigan, but uh, I, I'll be forthright. I think that they'll have a great season because of Jim Harbaugh. Um, the kids want to play for him. They want to earn the coach's respect. He's a former NFL coach. So I think you got a lot of kids that want to make it to that next level, so they'll use some of the advice that they get out of Jim so they help them become better players. Um, mm-hmm. As far as uh, Michigan State, um I see, I see Michigan State continue to do well. Uh, Mike, Mike D'Antonio has brought a bunch of kids in that that's bought into his program, so I think he'll continue to have the success that he's had in the last few years. Um, a BCS championship game, I don't know. Uh, we should have one of the top quarterbacks and one of the best offenses um, in the big game. We do have a lot of guys that uh, didn't really get a chance to showcase themselves last year, like McGarry King, one of your guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got some solid running backs over there. So, in defense, we always going to be solid. The D line is going to be outstanding. The linebacking core is going to be outstanding. Yeah, but and, let's uh, face it, man. This this thing's still about Ohio State, is it not? They're not ready to give up the title there. Am I correct on that? Uh, I don't talk about Buckeyes. <laughs> oh man. Come on, well, man. Last, like you know, last, like like most of the country, I'm very interested. To see uh, that Oregon game when the, when they go to Michigan State, you know, for several reasons. Obviously, they're both two top ten teams, but you know, Oregon spent the last four or five years, especially in September, a lot of times uh, tuning people up at home. Uh, usually, it would be a Sacramento State or somebody. Last year, Michigan State did make the trip out out to Oregon, and now I'm curious what happens in this return game. As Oregon goes across halfway across the country and plays in a tough venue, I think that's going to be a big game early. Payback, payback, payback. They say the ones who messed up our undefeated season, so payback. Well, yeah, well, well, there you go. Could so, be. Well, we'll we'll see how all that rolls down, man. Listen, uh, glad that you're liking things out in Arizona. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep training the next NFL stars and NBA players and all that good stuff. I like what you're doing, and I see you got I see you got your kids over there doing that summer stuff that I used to do with mine. Summers were very different oh, yeah. for my kids. <laughs> yeah, right. And I see it's the same you got, for yours. So you got to put them on a program nowadays, baby. That's on. right, man. Can't have them in front of that screen all day long, man. Appreciate you. And uh, listen, we're, we're back at it again. So I hope to hear a whole lot more from you as we go through this fall. Absolutely, brother. Y'all have a good day. Take it easy, Les. One of our regulars here, Les Johnson out in Arizona. Uh, you know, doing his training thing, man, out there training, training guys and getting them, getting them to where they need to be, helping them reach their goals. You can always appreciate that. All right, let's talk about this NFC East. Uh, I'm going to go first, as we promised, because I want to let you have the last word on this division that's near and dear to your heart. How do I see it? It's a, a two-horse race for the most part, although I think we got one team here that might start making some moves. They're, they're ever-present, man. At any given moment, they could jump up in there and, and do something. I think the Cowboys established last year that uh, they are, they are you know, that that team. Um, 
in this division. Uh, they're, they're built solid in the very important areas that a football team needs to be solid, and that's on that's in the trenches, both offensively uh, on the offensive line and the defensive line. The Cowboys have it, and uh, that's where the games are won and lost, so I like the fact that they're solid there. What are they going to do at the running back spot? You know, I've been watching clips of last year, man. Joseph Randall ran up in that thing. I want to say just as good as DeMarco Murray. So I don't know that there'll be a big drop-off there. They went and got often injured uh, McFadden from Oakland. He's he's already on the injured list. But I just I don't want to say you could put anyone back there. But I think with what they have, they can continue going there. If they don't go back to their we-need-to-throw-the-ball-at-stupid-times uh, because, you know, DeMarco Murray is gone. If they can keep the formula that they had last year, the Cowboys can and will will win this division and – I see them doing so at an 11-5 record. Following in, listen, they've been all the talk of this division in the offseason, and not always for the the greatest reasons, but the Philadelphia Eagles um, have, have been what everyone's talked about. And even as of late, and Chip Kelly's been the mad scientist and uh, facing a lot of pressure on a bunch of things. But you know what? With uh, what he had on the roster to start off with and maybe a couple of moves that he's made here and there, he's made – in my opinion, just as many bad ones as good ones. But uh, he ain't ready to destroy that whole franchise yet. And uh, I think they come in second in this one. I, I like them as a 10-6 team in this uh, in this division. I think the Giants are going to make uh, a nice little run at things here. I have them at 9-7, and seven, but listen, Odell Beckham was uh, a standout talent last year. They do get Victor Cruz back. What I don't like is they don't necessarily have that running back that they need. And Eli Manning has always needed that, not to take, not to beat down Eli here, but he's not a guy that can go out there and just sling the ball around every down and expect great things to happen. So uh, they need something dynamic and then run game. They don't really have it right now, and uh, they've got to, uh, they've got to. I just don't know that they're going to be good enough defensively. Good defensively, but not good enough defensively to go in here and bang with the two top guys in this division. So I have them running in at a third man. And Washington has been uh, a disaster for quite some time. I don't see any reason for that to change. And I'm not sure what they want to do at the quarterback position. And that's just the beginning for this franchise. So uh, I don't want to talk too long about the Redskins uh, because you shouldn't. I got them at 4-12 and and owning the bottom of this division where they have, uh, you know, where they've continued to do that for for much of the last what half to, to yeah eight years half a decade eight yeah years. they had that first year they made the playoffs when RG three got in the league but basically everything around that's been a disaster it's been like one yeah, one year comfortable one, down there then I don't they see are. them breaking out of their comfort zone so how do you see the East well I tried to look at for reasons to pick against my team here because what I want to do is I hate jinxing them I'm one of those people that when I watch I'm like Robert De Niro in Silver Linings Playbook okay you know I'm sitting mm-hmm. there don't move the cat's sitting in a certain spot and we're playing well okay so, right <laughs> but you know when I really look at the Cowboys and you know try to be objective and not a fan they are built the way I would build a football team mm-hmm. extremely good offensive line I've said that a hundred times in the last two two weeks uh the defensive line you know, with Hardy's suspension getting knocked down to four games, that could be one of the surprising units in the NFL. I mean, Tyrone Crawford's an up-and-coming star, the defensive tackle. Uh, you know, Hardy does what Hardy does. I think Lawrence, the kid they got from Boise State, showed in the playoffs what he could do. He missed half the year last year. And then they get this Gregory kid who Charles Haley's working with. If we can straighten out his mind, I think that's a pretty good defensive line. Uh, 
And again, like you said, Randall is a guy that if people paid attention, a third-round pick out of Baylor, he's faster than Murray. He's about the same size as Murray. Hopefully he doesn't fumble as much as Murray. That's one thing I'm worried. You know, you never know. But I think that he, he'll continue to run the ball well for them. And I don't agree with people who say anybody can do it. But anybody, to me, is when you're saying, I can go grab an undrafted free agent from a Division two school and put him back there. But when, you, when you're talking about guys who are third-round picks, they're not anybody's, as you know. It's hard to get drafted in the third round of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think they'll continue to do what they do. I see them being 12-4, and four, same record as last year. I think they're a good, solid team built the right way, and as long as they don't get goofy, like you said, with the play calling. Um, I'm, my second-place team is a surprise. I see the Giants wrestling second place and a rebound year for them away from Philadelphia. I think the Giants are a ten and six team. Uh they'll I think they'll they'll be a little bit better up front offensively on the offensive line, which will allow them to run the ball, allow uh Manning to do a little bit more play action. Beckham's a star. The defense I think can be good enough middle of the pack, which is what, you know, I think they'll score points. I like the Giants. I'm not a believer at more in Chip Kelly than you and you're you haven't been kind to him. I look at the Eagles and say, okay, they got a guy with two reconstructed ACLs playing quarterback. He isn't sure he can get through training camp right now. I read an article about that. Um, but he goes down, they're left with Sanchez, who is who is still Your a boy. turnover. Your boy, yes. Mark. He's a turnover machine. They let their best receiver, Macklin, go to Kansas City, who we talked about earlier, picking them to win the West. And now they've got a rookie in Nelson Aguilar, basically, that they're looking to what I can see to be their lead dog, unless they think it's Jordan Matthews. Um, And I don't think the system can just plug anybody in and score points. So I think the Eagles will struggle more than people think this year. I have them at 8-8. Okay. And then finally, I have the Redskins pulling up the rear. I think they might win one more. Yeah, one more game than what you have. Maybe they win five. I think their defense will be a little bit better. They've got some some talent on the defensive side of the ball. But again, without questions being answered at quarterback and some of the other positions, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I just don't see them making a big jump here. What did you say you had the uh, Cowboys at? Did you mention a record for? Them? I said so. I I kind of think they'll match last year's, like twelve and four, or they could be eleven and five, like you saw. I mean, I, I can't, you know, like I said, I don't, you know, who knows week to week. But I mean, if they get through that first month, three and one without Hardy and McLean, and they start getting guys like that back on their defense, uh, don't forget Sean Lee did not play last year. That's like signing a free agent because Sean Lee's one hell of a football player. I mean, that could right. be a, a pretty good defense this year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, we have the uh, second and third team transposing. To be quite honest with you, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it fell out that way. I'm, I'm, I was back and forth with Philadelphia. I just don't know if, uh, if Chip Kelly's had enough time to torch the whole thing yet. I'm saying he hasn't, but if he did, it wouldn't surprise me. And again, I still say this guy's not long for the NFL. He's going to go the way of many guys like him. Talk, let me ask you something on Philly. This is a question you know, I'd, I'd love as the season progresses, we get more callers to hear people's opinion. But before the year, just what's your take? What do you think um, DeMarco Murray's year will look like there based on everything we've talked about with running backs and, and carries and all that crap? What do you think? How, well, you honestly, he won't. He won't have a year like last year. Well, no, but um, he, how many guys are going to run for eighteen hundred yards two years in a row? I mean, exactly. Uh, so, but eleven hundred, eleven fifty. He's probably going to have to share a lot of carries over there. It would be a smart thing for them to do, especially with what they do offensively in terms of the amount of plays that they want to run. They better not. 
uh, have him be the guy back there all the time. Well, so. I'm going to tell you something. If he is an 1150 type back, if he is not 1400 or more yards, 14, 1500 yards with eight touchdowns, you've got to really feel bad if you're an Eagles fan because you, you're paying a guy eight million bucks. He better be more than 1100 yards. Yeah, him. no doubt about that. They do have Ryan Matthews there, and he's a very capable back when healthy. Um, it's just a, amazing that they've they've they got two guys that like to get hurt. Uh, and they have the, that's a ton of resources. We've talked about that on other shows. We're talking salary cap here. Maybe Chip doesn't understand he's not at Oregon. I mean, you've got a lot of resources when you consider Darren Sproles as well, tied up in right. one position on your football team. Uh, very true. Very true, which is why I say um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if things fell out that way for Philadelphia um, but I'm just saying we're probably a year premature on that one. We'll see. We'll see how that whole thing okay. goes. Let's slide over now to the uh, northern side of the NFC. The Norris Division, as Chris Berman likes to call them. Yeah. The Norris. Yeah. How okay. do you? Uh, I'm gonna let you go first there, and I'll I'll follow you. Well, up. I'm gonna I'm gonna just give you a little tease because we can get to the playoffs yet. I think this is the battle for you know the number one seed between the guy of the Cowboys at 12 and four, and I have the Packers right there at the same record, 12 and four. Um, uh, to me, Green Bay is another complete football team. They're good enough on defense. They might even be better than good enough uh, if they improve a little bit over you know last year with just you know some some guys stepping up this year uh, schematically and, you know just assignments because I think they I think they had some breakdowns defensively that they can correct and offensively they can run the ball with Eddie Lacy. Aaron Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does. They got Jordy Nelson. They got uh, Randall Cobb. This is a a really solid football team. I have them at 12 and four, and you know, basically okay. running away with this division. Frankly, um, mm-hmm. surprise for second place. I think uh, a team that I uh, have them just on the outskirts of the playoffs uh, is the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Minnesota Vikings step up here. Uh, I like the fact that I think Peterson will be motivated. They changed his contract around for him. They kind of made him feel loved again. He sat out a year. Uh, he's a beast. I think he'll continue to be a beast. They have a very good run-blocking offensive line, and I I actually love Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's one of the more underrated ki- kids in last year's rookie class of quarterbacks. Um, I think they just miss out on the playoffs. I have them like a you know 9-7 and seven type football team, just you know hovering around the, the perimeter this year of the playoffs, but definitely headed in the right direction. A team that, Les, I'm sorry, I think this is a team that takes a step back, and that's the Detroit Lions. Uh, Megatron's getting a little older. I mean, he's still a very good receiver, but more susceptible to injury. Long, long, thick body, pulls muscles. Things happen when you hit 30. Uh, you know, and I think Stafford's never really shown me that that he's a, a top-tier quarterback. He's got the, the tools, but he makes a lot of dumb decisions. And then you remove Sue and Nick Fairley on that defense, and I think what was the the heart of that team last year was their run defense, and I think that kind of has to suffer when you take away that much talent in one off season. So I have them regressing back into the uh, eight and eight type category. And as okay. long as Jay Cutler continues to be the quarterback of Chicago Bears, I think they'll continue to be in, near the bottom of this division. And I, you know, I've got them in that six and ten type, you know, t- type of team. All right. Well, uh, I don't know how much we can argue with that. I don't necessarily see things exactly that way you're a little higher on the Packers than I am that's going to probably shock some people because uh, I had Aaron Rodgers as my uh, number one quarterback in the NFL they were a 12 and 4 football team 
last year, as every as everyone knows. And man, how close were they to uh, being the team in the Super Bowl last year? Well, but here's here's ironically, you know, you bring that up. How close? Here's how close the NFL can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. They were that close to not even getting to the NFC Championship game. As we talk right. about the Des Bryant exactly. catch, I mean, if he right. catches that ball, which you and I thought it was a catch, granted they still could have scored and won the game at the end, but they would have been behind with three, two or three minutes left, so they might not have even got there. Then they were within some dumb plays of going to the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the one of the worst collapses I've seen in quite a while from a team that basically dominated three quarters of a game. And then you get to the Super Bowl, and the Seattle Seahawks, as we keep laughing about, were a handoff from winning it. It's just weird how close this league is. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on this football team to kind of climb a mountain like that, be that close, and then, uh, you know, have it ripped away from you. Um, I still have a couple of question marks for them on the defensive side of the football. Um, there's just some things there that I'm a little uneasy about. So. I've got them winning the division, but I have them at 10 and 6, not 12 and 4. So not as great a season for them, uh, at least in the regular season as last year. But right now they're the class of this division, so no reason for me to take them out of that top spot. Uh, amazingly, I'm with you on the Minnesota Vikings. I liked what Teddy Bridgewater did for them. I liked some of the things they were able to do, and it might have ended up being a good thing for Bridgewater that he didn't have Peterson in that first year. You know, go learn the ropes, battle it out, and then now you get this gift. It's a return of, you know, one of, if not the best backs in the NFL joining you now in your second year when you're a little bit more comfortable. So I like them to take a nice step forward here and see them sliding into the second spot here in this uh, NFC North division. I have them, too, as an 8-8 eight eight football team. I'm not ready to uh, crush the the Chicago Bears quite like that, I think, I think, the Bears and the Lions are going to battle it out for that that third and fourth spot in this division. Um, you know, I was a really big buyer of the uh, Detroit Lions uh, a couple of years ago, as you as you may remember. Uh, but I just right now, I'm with you. They lost they lost some things they didn't need to lose there. Um, they like to throw the ball all around the yard with Matthew Stafford. That produced a lot of turnovers uh, and a lot of exciting plays. But I think they had a little opportunity there, a little window open. And uh, they failed to bust through that thing. So I think they're going to start rolling this thing back in the other direction, and they're going to need to fix that in this next offseason. But for right now, I have them as a 7-9 and nine team. And then Chicago Bears uh, could be a 7-9 and nine team. It's going to be interesting to see what Jay Cutler is like without Brandon Marshall there because, you know, one of the headlines today is that Brandon Marshall said that he was the only guy in the Chicago Bears organization that held Jay Cutler accountable. So – with Jay really, really on the loose, and you know, you know, I'm a Jay Cutler fan for the wrong yes. reasons. Uh, let me see. When Jay has absolutely no restrictions this year, just what in the hell is he going to do? Jay is there? the Donald Trump of the NFL. He just doesn't care. Hey man, Jay's going Jay. Yeah, yeah man, he doesn't that's care. The way that it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I have them at seven and nine, like the Lions, or they could possibly be six and ten. So. Eh. Let's call the Bears the bottom of this division, and that's how that thing rolls out there. Uh, we're going to move on to the NFC South. This is as mediocre a division as it goes. How do you uh, – who's up first on I think you are. You're up first on it this It doesn't one. matter. I'll go first. This this is just a tough division to, to call. Um, and here's what I think. You know, the, the, the Falcons really fell off last year. Um, I, I think they get their mojo back a little bit. 
Ryan, you know, seems to have some of the tools and leadership skills to be a good quarterback. Hasn't quite shown it yet, but he's got a lot of talent on the outside there with Julio Jones and, you know, some of the targets. Uh, I, I think a few breaks. They lost some games, if you remember their season last year, just games where they gave them away in the fourth quarter. The, the game in London sticks out in my mind. I, I remember watching a little bit of that with the Lions, gave a game away against the Browns. I mean, just horrendous clock management. I think they fixed that. They somehow scraped together nine wins and win this division, uh, and you know, like a nine and seven club. I, I, I don't see Carolina making a, a you know a real marked improvement. I mean, they they continue to neglect their offensive line and make Cam Newton run for his life. And I know the guy, yeah, whatever he is, yeah, he's six five, two fifty, and he's always hurt. That should tell you your quarterback's taking too many hits. Apparently that didn't register with them because they took a lot of defense early in the draft. If, from what I remember, they neglect the offensive line. I think that comes back to bite them. Uh, they're probably right where they were last year, another 8-8 eight and eight type season. Um, this is going to surprise some people, maybe, if they care to listen this long. I'm putting Tampa third in this division. And when you said mediocre, you hit the nail on the head because I think these teams are bunched together. I think Winston is going to have a very good rookie season. I think he's mature beyond his years as far as on the football field. And I, I could see them winning seven games, sneaking in the third place in this division, which is a big jump from where they were last year in terms of wins. I had them at seven and nine, and believe it or not, I think the New Orleans Saints are done. I think that window was opened. I think they walked through it once. Good for them. Uh, they had some other opportunities. It closed. Now Drew Brees, the arm strength is starting to become an issue. Teams are understanding listen, we've got to force him to throw to the outside. He can't make those throws anymore. And then they take away one of his biggest weapons in Jimmy Graham by trading him to the Seahawks. For me, uh, you know, I think the Saints are not good enough defensively to overcome you know, not having a great offense, and I don't think their offense is great any longer. So I have them uh, at 6-10 and 10 in last place. Man, uh, yeah, look, are you penalizing these guys for not coming through for you last year? Good grief. Um, no, Good Lord. I'm going by what I saw, man. Okay, tell you. All right, all right. I thought you might be putting them in the penalty box there a little bit. All right, I got to agree with you. This is a very difficult division to call um, from top to bottom. It's like, you know, what the heck's going to happen here? It's so mediocre that it's uh, mediocre. And uh, that's that's what we're looking at. Now, this may be the division in which we differ the most. The team that you have last is the one that I've got finishing first in this division. Uh, wow. A lot of the things that you did say were true, are true about about Drew Brees and about the New Orleans Saints and them on the defensive side of the ball. But somehow they've been bad numbers-wise on defense for the past few years. But for some reason, they've been able to get what they need to get out of their defense at times when they need to get it. If you can understand what I what I mean there, you know. Yes. Get, get, yeah, you know, the numbers suck when you look at it, but they've been able to get the stops when they need them and been able to pull things out out of you-know-where at certain times. And the loss of Jimmy Graham is, I don't think, going to hurt this year. I think it's going to make the New Orleans Saints a little less of a predictable team, but it is going to lead to the beginning of the end because at some point when they get an idea, when teams get an idea of what it is the Saints want to do without Jimmy Graham there, the fact that you're missing that great of a player is going to really start to hurt you. So wouldn't surprise me to see the Saints start off this year really, really good and kind of limp their way to the end. But the kind of head start I think they're going to get is going to 
give them enough to win this division, albeit with a very mediocre record of something like a nine and seven. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I see your shocker in Tampa Bay, and I'm gonna raise you one. I like the Bucks second in this division. Am I nuts? I just might be, but um, I see. I see them coming in second in this very mediocre division. And listen, man, there's something about Jameis, okay? Some people hate him. Some people love him. But you can't deny that when he gets on the field, people want to play for him, and they rise their game to another level. And I see that happening here for him. Yes, will he make rookie mistakes? He will make the mistakes that you see a lot of rookies make. But he's going to do a lot of great things out there in this field. He's going to get those bucks believing. And I think it's going to be uh, – listen, I'm calling it now. He's going to be an NFL rookie of the year. That's there you I'm go. You heard it, August 7th, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Rookie of the Year for Jameis Winston. And uh, listen, you got to give someone a prize if you can get the Bucks to the 8-8 eight and eight record that I'm calling for with them and a second-place you know, finish in this division. So there you go. There's my bold prediction for this division. There you go. Okay. Then, uh, Carolina and Atlanta, I'm not a buyer of Atlanta. Man. You know, you want to talk about a team that had a window open and then closed on them? That's these, that's these Atlanta Falcons. Remember all? Remember what Matt Ryan did early on in the first couple oh, of yeah. years of his career? Oh, it was all that. It was a they were rising. This this was going to happen for them, and then they just had that that one playoff game where um, it seemed like everything just fell apart right there for them. And and uh, I think that's where they are right now. I see them as a seven and nine football team. Uh, they can get third in this division in Carolina. Uh, I'm with you, man. Get some help. Get something up front. Uh, you let Steve Smith go too. Uh, and, and I don't know that you really replaced him with the kind of guy that you need there. Yes, uh, Kelvin Benjamin is a dynamic player, so you have that. But you need a guy that can complement him, and I don't know that they really have that. And, um, no, there all... seems to be this overarching philosophy out of the Carolina camp, like, hey, Cam's big and he's fast and he can run, so we don't yeah, need to block for him. Yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. You're talking about your other wide receiver being Jericho Cotry, really? I don't know. We'll see what Funches, the kid from Michigan, can do. Not really a polished receiver per se, so they'll need some time to do there. But uh, you don't have personnel on defense. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is a good running back, not a great one. Um, And you don't have to necessarily have a great running back, but if you're not going to have a top-flight receiving core, well, yeah, damn. Give him. Okay, here's a trick question for you. What's the worst division of football, the AFC South or the NFC South? Because, damn, it's close. The AFC South and the NFC South. I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this division um, probably the. Worst. I would agree and, with you because I think I've got Tampa Bay second for crying out loud. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think with Indianapolis and Houston, you have enough decent play there in the other division to offset the Tennessee and Jacksonville. In this division, I just think you have a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's you got a winner that in this division that could you know win this division at eight and eight this year. So I'm gonna call it that, and I'm gonna call the. Uh, I'm going to call the Falcons last in this one. All right. Well, what do you mean could win up. it? Last year, Carolina did win it at 8-8, eight eight, so that tells they you everything. Did. So yes. by virtue, you've got to call that yes. the worst. Okay, let's hurry up into the NFC West because we got to lay off these playoffs and uh, shape all this thing Okay, up. let's NFC West, I'm going to shock you. I'm going to shock you. I'm ready to be shocked. This is the year. We didn't get to talk about it in the opening. I, I think the slow descent of the Seahawks has begun. They're fighting about money. Uh, it's not just business now. It's getting personal. It's going into the papers. And Michael Bennett's upset. He signed a four-year, $28 million contract a couple of years ago. He wants to be paid. Apparently, $7 million a year isn't enough. Uh, you know, they, they've extended Bobby Wagner. It cost them their starting defensive lineman. 
they had a release, uh, Kim Chancellor's holding out. Uh, we got all kinds of things going on here, okay? Uh, I don't think it's a disaster for them, but I think what it does allow is the St. Louis Rams, who we've been talking about year in, year out, I'm buying the Kool-Aid now. They finally got, you know, what I'll call is a, 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 an average. They finished their time, huh? They finally got an average to slightly above average NFL quarterback in fulls. I think they got a guy that if, if, he's, if he's in the right system, can make some throws, they can move the football, they gave him some help with Todd Gurley, uh, they got the kid who you just mentioned, uh, Stedman Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. They, they've got some yeah. players there, okay, guys that can make plays and help him out, and they don't need to be great offensively. They just need to not lose games and put some points on the board because they're going to have, in my mind, one of the better defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what they can do up front to you, and Seattle found out a couple of years ago when they went up there and dropped Wilson nine times, okay? <laughs> Yeah, um, they've been tough. They've been tough on the Seahawks, no doubt about that. Yes, yes, they have. They have the secret formula. They know how to play the team they're chasing. I think they've got enough this year to to actually do it with you know some some playmakers, a quarterback, and I've got them winning this division in basically a tiebreaker. I'm going to call it okay because I I have the Rams winning over Seattle. Both of them finishing ten and six, but I'm going to give Seattle the the, the Rams the tie break and and pick the Seahawks second here. Okay. Okay. Um, for the reasons I, I highlighted, I just think, you know, as much as I like Russell Wilson, I, I you know I don't think there's a ton of offensive talent there, even though they brought in Jimmy Graham. Um, their offensive line scares me. It's very leaky, forces him to make, you know leave that pocket quite a bit. Uh, I'm always worried about an injury with when when I see a guy running that much which wrecks any season in the NFL. So I've got them second. Sure. Third, I'm not buying Arizona as much as some of the outlets are, like ESPN and CBS. I, I think they had a great year last year, especially considering what happened to the quarterback. And I, I, I feel like a lot of people figure, well, Carson Palmer's back. Uh, they were 11-5 and with nobody playing quarterback, so that should happen again. I don't necessarily see it that way. I think they played some great defense last year. I'm not sure they'll be able to match that this year. And you know the NFC is tough, and this division is tough. I have them at nine and seven, finishing good. Not a horrible year, but just taking a step back and being third. And in last in this division, I just don't see how the Forty Niners do anything this year with what's gone on this off season in terms of loss of personnel. I'm not a big Colin Kaepernick fan. Anybody who listens to the show knows that. I see them as a five and eleven team, five somewhere around there, six and ten. Eleven. Well, I applaud your boldness. Uh, no, no, no doubt about that. You were bold in this uh, NFC West division. I don't see it that way. Yes, the Seahawks are fighting about money. Uh, that's a normal thing. The only people that really, really handle that all that great uh, have been your New England Patriots, and to a certain degree, your Green Bay Packers. But the uh, Packers have just been blessed to not have the kind of team through the years that's voiced those kind of things publicly. Who knows if it goes on privately? Who, who right, knows? right. Who knows? Uh, but nevertheless, that's an issue. But I'm not. That's that's. It's not enough going on there for for things to burn down. So I still like Seattle as the alpha dog in this division. They still go out and do. They do the two things uh, that you have to do in this league if you're gonna if you're gonna be that team. And that is, they can run the football whenever they want, and they can. Damn it, man! They can play defense, and none of that uh, has changed for this team as far as I know. And until I see that happening. Um, I'm not ready to call them out of that top spot in this division. They've got uh, a, they've got a solid decision maker 
and a, and a good quarterback in Russell Wilson. Um, they can run the football, as I said. They're going to play defense. And you know what? If they can get someone to emerge, uh, they don't need a lights-out wide receiving core because you know what happens when you get a lights-out receiving core? All them guys want the ball. And then now you've lost your identity, and then you do something crazy like throw a pass down at the goal line at the end of the Super Bowl. Right. Feed one of those guys. So they know they know what they are, and they're going to stick to that. And I like the Seahawks to continue to be the top team in this division. I, I have them at 11-5. and five. Um, I, you listen, I've been a big time St. Louis Rams supporter. Um, as you, you know, you may know from previous years, I've kept saying they're a year away. They're right there. I love what they're doing on defense. And all I got to do is get right at the quarterback position. And well, they're not addressing that. I'm not buying Nick Foles. Okay. I'm just not, I'm just, I'm not buying it. I think he's going to be pretty much what they've had there at that position over the last few years. Just a mediocre guy. They can't really go out and win a game for him when they really need it. You know, when the defense is playing their ass off and the game is close at the end, they, they, you know, they, they need someone that can go out and win it. And I don't think Foles is that guy. And another thing with the St. Louis Rams that bugs the hell out of me is their inconsistency. Last year they had one hell of a four-game stretch where they beat the Denver Broncos, they went to San Diego and damn near beat the Chargers, and then followed that up with back-to-back shutouts. I don't know if you remember that last yep. year. They went 52 nothing on Oakland and then went to Washington off of that 52 nothing. Because in this league when you shut a team out, you usually come with a little, you know, with a not-so-great performance the next year. They went on the road and shut out the Washington Redskins. Now, these are not two of the stalwarts in 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 the NFL game, but they're NFL teams, and they shut them out back-to-back. What they do to celebrate that, they close out the year with three straight losses. And until the St. Louis Rams can show me some kind of consistency, which would lend itself to them being a mature football team, I'm not ready to say they're going to win a division that has the uh, – Back to back. Can I say one thing though? Before I'm not trying to suggest that Nick Foles is a Pro Bowl player, but here's what I'm saying: Last year, for the St. Louis Rams, Austin Davis threw 284 passes and Sean Hill threw 229 passes. Trust right. me, Foles is is a step up from that. Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. Okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ready to 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 even say that. Foles is going to have to show me something. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a buyer. And I really. I'm disappointed that the Rams did not address that in a more serious and urgent way. There. I think their team is calling for some stability at that. Um, just looking at how that year finished, just what I talked about there, what they did from Denver to Washington, and then how they finished would suggest to me that they need some kind of stability at the quarterback spot. And I don't know that Foles is that guy. That's that's at least the way that I. So know. where do you got? Who do you got second then? Um, I I have them third. Uh, second's going to be Arizona for me. Things cannot be as bad at that quarterback position as they were a year ago. Uh, um, uh, let's call. Let me make the prediction that Carson, Carson Palmer plays all the games this year, and if he does, they, it's got to account for something. It's going to make them a better team this year. Um, they do enough of good on on. Uh, well, better teams. offensively, but are you are you saying that? I mean, it's going to be hard for them to have a better record. I think. I mean, it, it, look, oh, I know eight and eight, eight and eight is where I've got them. But that's. Gonna oh, be okay, because I didn't know because I looked at last year. And I think they were eleven and five, and I said to myself, yes, their quarterback play stunk, but somehow. They figured out how to win 11 games, and people always say, well, if we get better quarterback play, it means they're going to win 12. Well, not necessarily. No, they're dreaming. They're dreaming. No, you know what I mean? The odd thing here, the odd thing here is they're going to get better quarterback play this year and have a worse record. Right. Uh, they had some things break their way, but uh, I've got them second with that 8-8. Eight eight. It's kind of going to be a runaway for Seattle because San Francisco is going to be out of their face. I have St. Louis at 7-9, and nine, mm-hmm. um, which hurts me to say that because, again, um, 
There's just something missing there for St. Louis outside of that quarterback. They need some consistency. Maybe they show it this year and it sets them up for next year, but I keep saying that maybe next year, but I'm just going to say it again. And then finally, the San Francisco 49ers are a train wreck. I'm not a Colin Kaepernick fan. You and I routinely make fun of uh, him and their offense as it just really looks like something that went down in Mr. Rowley's sixth grade recess um, where we just – didn't have any <laughs> defined patterns. Do they have a playbook there? It's a run and get open offense, and it just looks helter skelter. Yep. And um, you got guys retiring there, just out of the blue. And so something's going on in that organization. And then the man who put all this together is now in Ann Arbor. So uh, the 49ers are going to make a really, really hard fall, the hardest fall of anyone I think in all of NF, in the, uh, all of the NFL this year. So they're there at the bottom. We're going to take a quick break, my friend. When we get back, we're going to zip through the whole playoffs, and Emil's going to tell you who's going to play in the Super Bowl this year, and I will as well, and we'll both give you our winner. We're going to do that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. <laughs> Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your head. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! short break here on a Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. It's NFL Preview 2015. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino breaking it down for you. So we've gone through the AFC uh, division by division and the NFC division by division. So now it's time to head over into the playoffs. We'll start with the AFC. And uh, Emil, how are we laying this thing out? How are we getting to? Uh, okay. Well, first I had to seed them, right? So here's how I seeded my AFC. I have the Steelers as the number one seed having won the, the North, as we talked about, and I have them as like a 12-4 and four type of club. Mm-hmm. So that would make my second seed the Patriots, who I have checking in in that vicinity, 11-5. and five. So that, that set them up at number three. At number two, I have Indy and Kansas City in a tiebreaker, both being 10-6, and six, but I have Indy as the three seed, Kansas mm-hmm. City as the four seed. 
Denver sneaking in as one of the wild cards and the and the uh, number six seed, and I have Baltimore as the number five seed. Okay. Okay, Denver, your six. Baltimore is fifth. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. You, you, All you, right. You, you've got that correct, okay? All right. So then I have in the game I have Denver as the sixth seed playing against Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I have I have Indianapolis winning that game. Okay. Okay, so that's, there are my three seed advances into the divisional round. And then I have my number four seed, Kansas City. going to be interesting. Losing to Baltimore. Okay. So now Baltimore would be the lowest seed uh, remaining. Okay, they're the five seed. They would play Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. All righty. Kind of see where this is going. I have I have New England. Okay. Taking out Indianapolis. In that rematch. In that rematch, I have all New England. All the balls are firm. All the balls are firm. You know, we check them out. Nothing changes. <laughs> think, of, think of all the think of all the ridiculous headlines that are going to come out when that game takes place. Yes, Brady, Brady's balls are firm. Yeah. <laughs> Patriots ready to go balls to the wall. <laughs> Patriots ready to go balls to the wall. Right, all that stuff that that'll all be good good fodder for the paper. But at the end of the day, I still see New England winning this game, which sets up. You know they've played before over the years in, in AFC Championship games. We have New England going to Pittsburgh, and in this one, I I just think that the uh, home field and everything has the black and gold uh, returning to the Super Bowl. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Believe it or not, if anybody's listening up here in northeastern Pennsylvania, I'll have either well the Eagle fans won't like me, and the the Steeler fans they already will, don't like you, man. They don't really hate me now, right? Surprise! They don't. They don't, don't like you. No, they'll really hate me now. About it. That won't change today. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So I, but no, I have I have the Steelers going. I mean, that may surprise some people, but I I, I really I, I like what they have going on in Pittsburgh. So I have the Steelers going uh, to the Super Bowl. So here you go. You heard it here first. The Pittsburgh Steelers are gonna uh, by by virtue of this appearance are gonna be the team that has appeared in the most playoffs. Yeah, you didn't even laugh I mean, too hard at me when I made that pick, huh? No, uh, man, listen, I, you, I, when I gave my division breakdown of the North, I also had the Pittsburgh Steelers as an 11-5 and football team, not the division winner. So, um, listen, when you get into that tournament at the end of the year, anything can happen. So I can't sneeze at anything there. At least you have a team uh, making it to the end in this thing that I, too, have in the playoffs. All right, here's how I have it shaken down. My seeding in the AFC is going to be Baltimore at number one because I said there'd be a 12-4 and division winner. Uh, number two, Houston, who I have at 11 and five. I'm high on Houston, and um, I have them as the number two seed. Number three, New England, who may experience a couple of problems there along the season, but still going to be the winner of the AFC East. I have them as the number three seed. Number four is Kansas City. Both you and I like them to win the West, and uh, so that's going to make the wild card teams be Pittsburgh who I think is going to be involved in a pretty good battle with Baltimore all year long I I do give the edge to Baltimore so Pittsburgh is your wild card number 5 seed for me and then the Colts who I don't think will be as uh, great as they uh, have been in the last couple of years and uh, I'm have them sneaking in the playoffs in that number 6 spot as a wild card so with that uh, that first game is going to be the uh, New England Patriots against the Indianapolis Colts I too have uh, the you know, 
Saggy Balls Bowl going on in the AFC. In the AFC. Uh, I also have New England winning that rematch with Firm Balls, and it's really not going to matter. They beat the hell out of them last year, Saggy Balls or not, twice, and uh, that's not going to change because Indy can't stop anybody. Uh, you would almost think that you and I picked that game just so we could make jokes about it. And 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 we did follow suit. We followed that yes. program. But nevertheless, it's funny. That's just how that's going to work out. Uh, and then the other game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like Pittsburgh to win that one. Just too much weaponry on the offensive side of the ball. And Kansas City not having enough to answer back because it's tough to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so that uh, would carry things over into the next week. And uh, like you, another rematch, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. These teams are going to play three times this year, and that's just going to be an absolute war. I'm giving the notch uh, to the Baltimore Ravens on that one. Perhaps they split the season series, and then uh, Baltimore, in my opinion, ends up stepping up being the ones to win uh, win it when it counts. Because, again, I'm going to point to Flacco in, in his performances in the postseason. Until he shows me otherwise, I'm going to ride with that. 25 and 10, you got to love that spread. Yep. Um, Houston and New England. Um, Houston doing a great job through the regular season, but not ready to bang it out with the uh, New England Patriots. And so both you and I have the Patriots making it to the conference final, um, and both you and I have them losing. You have them losing to the other team in the AFC North division. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have them losing to the Baltimore Ravens. So for you and I, it just boils down to. Uh, how so wait, who do you have after the Balt in that other divisional game? You have Houston. Houston and New England. New England winning. Okay, New England over Houston. Yeah, that's okay. I thought you said that. Okay. Yeah. So the my my AFC Championship game, Baltimore versus New England in Baltimore, and I've got Baltimore winning. Winning. Yeah. So I mean, what you just said is basically we see it as you know. Probably whoever wins that that North Division, that's your going the Super Bowl because I think the home field for those two teams will be pivotal at that time of year, especially with those two teams knowing each other. I think home field isn't going to mean a lot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so let's slide over to the NFC. Uh, I'll go first here uh, in this one. My seating works like this. I still say Seattle's a top dog in the NFC. Okay. I have them at number one, winning the West. Uh, I've got your boys at number two, the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. They're going to build on uh, last year and continue doing their thing and win the East. I have them at number two, the Green Bay Packers, although I wasn't as high as them uh, during the regular season as you. I have them as number three, winning the North. And then your South, mediocre, we can win this with a losing record division. I've got the New Orleans Saints uh, winning that. So they're the number four seed, although they'll, you know, Mm-hmm. probably be the seventh or eighth best team in the NFC, but that's the way this whole thing works. So that sets up the two wild cards as being the Philadelphia Eagles, um, who I have coming second in the uh, in the NFC East, and then the New York Giants. How about that? I got, I got a big NFC East party going on. Wow, you do. Okay. Yeah, so three teams out of the NFC East, and uh, that's going to be the pride and joy division. Uh, in 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 this conference, so uh, one through six, that's it for me. And so that sets up Green Bay versus the New York Giants in that first round. I've got the Packers winning that one, uh, moving forth. Uh, I've got the Saints taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, um, two mediocre teams. I got the Eagles winning that one. Mm-hmm. You know what? That game's going to occur indoors, which is going to benefit the Eagles and what what it is they like to do. Yes. Uh, um, you know, so that works out for them. If this was outdoors somewhere not in Philadelphia, I probably wouldn't be so gung ho to pick the Eagles. But by virtue of that, 
damn it, man, Chip Kelly with all his madness is going to win a playoff game. So uh, I've got them advancing, and that sets up the next week where the Seahawks take on the Eagles, and I think we all know what I think is going to happen there. Seahawks run them right off the field. Um, then you've got the Cowboys taking on the Packers in a rematch of the Des Bryant, uh, did he catch it or not game. And <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I, I like the Cowboys to prevail in that one and moving forward, setting up the NFC Championship game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Dallas Cowboys take another step moving in the right direction, but not quite ready to knock off the big dogs. I think for the third straight year, we're going to see the Seattle Seahawks because they have that formula, the running game, the defense, and just the whole mindset, uh, making it back to the Super Bowl and trying to right all the wrongs that went down that last year. And so for the third straight year in a row, I'm going to pick the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl, and they are going to face the Baltimore Ravens. So how do you see the NFC shaping up and shaping Okay. Um as you could tell when we went through it, I, I, I really see the Cowboys putting up a good regular season record and grabbing that number one seed. Um, mm-hmm. I was higher on the Packers than you. I had them sliding in as a two seed mm-hmm. because I picked the Rams to win the West. I obviously think right. they're going to have a better record than the NFC South champion, so I've got the Rams as the three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, and really you could pick almost any team in that NFC South, and I wouldn't argue with you who won it, but I, I have the Falcons as the four seed. Mm-hmm. Five seed, I've got Seattle, runner-up in the West. And then my sixth seed is the Minnesota Vikings, sliding into the playoffs this year uh, with right. a 9-7 and seven record. The which sets, Yes, which sets up the Vikings and Rams. And for some reason, I have visions of the old days. Chuck Foreman, you remember him? Jack Youngblood. And <laughs> Hello, I just, uh, a growing-up Ram fan that saw that go down a whole bunch of times. A whole bunch of times, um, and it usually wasn't good for the Rams. And I have a feeling it won't be good again. Adrian Peterson goes off on them. The Vikings pull the upset and advance to the divisional playoff. Uh, I have Seattle playing the four-seed Atlanta in Atlanta. I think you know how I would think that game goes down. And uh, Seattle wipes the field with them and brings us to the divisional playoff, setting up the Cowboys as the one-seed playing the lowest seed, the Vikings. Uh, I have the Cowboys winning that game in Dallas. I think they're ready to take they well they should but they who knows they take that next step advancing to the NFC championship game where they meet Green Bay gets the revenge because I have this game in Green Bay the mm-hmm. Packers beat the Seahawks I, I I know you love the Seahawks you're a closet Seahawks fan and that's okay I like the Seahawks too because oh, they have a Trojan yeah, I like, coach I like coming. defense in a running game that's sure. to my and they have heart. a Trojan so I like them too but I just don't I don't yeah, think they I'll, get it done I like I like Pete so, I don't go. think they get it done, though. I think Green Bay gets them there, setting up the rematch in Big D, where I think the Cowboys beat the Packers and go to the Super Bowl and play for the fourth time. A record, by the yeah, way. Here, look, look, at, look at what we got here, Mr. Nostalgia. Okay, What we've got here is an NFC Championship game featuring the two Ice Bowl participants, Green Bay and Dallas. That's what you've got going on. And then a Super Bowl with Dallas and Pittsburgh. Dallas and Pittsburgh, which just dominated the early part of my, you know, young life in this game. But I'm going to let you go second because I'm going to. You just segued into my Super Bowl championship pick. <laughs> I'm going to take the Cowboys to square it up with the Steelers at two-two. And coincidentally, 20 years ago, when the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl, their road to the Super Bowl was an NFC Championship game win over Green Bay, and a Super Bowl yeah. win over the Steelers. 
you're feeling this is this is like a whole rocking chair moment here for you. You're it must be because you know. Listen, I've been I've been chastised by you for not picking my team on this show, but I actually do like the way the Cowboys are built. I mean, I, I hope I, this doesn't drive you over the edge. It will. You know, it'll happen after after the first month of the year. Playoffs. I'll be quitting the show. They'll be one and three. Chad, I can't yeah. do it any longer. I'm done. <laughs> These guys don't make the playoffs. We're gonna have to have people call you like on 30 minute rotations to make sure this guy isn't somewhere near a start late. Um, listen, they're they're gonna be a good team. Let's see how this whole thing works. Give out. me your yeah, winner, man. Give me your winner. Thing. I've got Baltimore and Seattle playing in this thing, and man, I think Seattle gets back. Uh, what was rightfully should have been theirs last year. Uh, a great, I think this is going to be a great, great Super Bowl matchup, Baltimore and Seattle. And I have the Seahawks uh, in a very, very good football game. Um, hard to beat what went down last year, but I got the Seahawks winning it. So I just think it's their time right now. Uh, we'll yeah, sure. I mean, road, I well, you know, I love, I love Pete. I mean, there's everybody who listens to the show knows, you know, my, he's a Trojan in my mind, so I love Pete. But here's the deal: I think it's very hard and you and I have talked about this, I just think it's going to be hard for Seattle to put that game behind them as much as he's usually good at stuff like that. When you are one yard away from being a repeat Super Bowl champion, which, you know, we've played almost 50 of these things now. There's only been, like, I think seven teams that have back-to-back titles. So they, oh, yeah. they, they had a chance to be, you know, go down in history, and yard or no yard, the bottom line is they didn't win. So they don't go down in history, and I think that's a hard mountain to climb. I'm not saying they fall off the mountain like where they're terrible, but I just think it's hard to focus and, and do it again. Yeah, um, there there could be something to that. And then just this, uh, we were talking about the NFC West and uh, the problems with the San Francisco 49ers and how they're going to fall to the bottom. This just in, Alden Smith of the 49ers arrested for hit and run DUI. The problems continue there. Are you now. kidding me? Did that yeah, just come yeah. over? I didn't even see that. Just, that, just there's a kid that the there's a kid that's a tragedy. Okay, there, there's there's trying to throw it away, man, and he may have been successful this time. Yeah, you know, obviously feeling bad for whoever he hit. Not trying to make it about him, but since we're doing a football show, let's concentrate on the football player in this case. And you know, there's a guy with all the talent in the world that you know you know might find himself in a penitentiary. Yeah, he's he's heading that direction, man. Get. You know, I thought he was getting help on this thing. Obviously, it didn't work for him. And uh, one of the worst things you can have happen when you when you got a drinking problem is you got behind the wheel and hit someone. So uh, that's the deal there. And you know, I hate to close the show out on that, but that's it. That's our that's our uh, annual NFL preview. So listen, all of you wondering who's going to play in the Super Bowl, uh, we laid it out. One of us is going to be right. Now this this might be the first year I think where we uh, we both have. Um, Different participants. I mean, at least we shared one, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I think I think obviously for us, the AFC comes down to one thing. And you know, to be honest, we see the NFC similarly. I just I'm I'm a little more bullish on my team this year than 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 you. That's all. Yeah. So one way or another, one of us is gonna either really nail this thing or have. I tell you what, we put four different teams in this thing. Uh, one or more of these four teams are gonna participate in the Super Bowl. So we laid it all out for you and. Uh, We were happy to do so. We'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, We're back on next week. Time and uh, day to be announced, so keep following us on uh, Twitter, at Gridiron Studs, for more information on that. And, of course, it will be posted up on our Facebook page. Thank you all for listening. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you guys next week.
Hey, man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got about 10. Miami, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, USC, and more. How many you got? None yet. None? <laughs> Is this you? Are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever? Are you a good football player? Then head over to gridironstuds.com right now. At Gridiron Studs, you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video. College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen.